millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No matter whether it's a video game, movie, TV show, or book, prequels are incredibly tough to get right. At their best, they can accentuate the existing story and characters by offering fresh context to both. But more often they end up feeling unimaginative, if not actively trampling over the existing lore. I'm Jess from What Culture, and here are 10 video game prequels that nobody asked for. Number 10. Resident Evil Zero Although not quite the black sheep of the franchise that Code Veronica X is, Resident Evil Zero is nevertheless an awkward entry into the survival horror series because it arrived at a time when it was going through a major transitional period. Put in the unenviable position of having to follow up Capcom's superb GameCube remake of the original game, Resident Evil Zero just doesn't add much to the series' overarching mythology narrative or character-wise. Sorry, Billy. More to the point, beyond introducing character switching and an inspired new item dropping system, Zero underlined just how tired Resident Evil's core gameplay formula was at this point, as would be so brilliantly revitalized by Resident Evil 4 a few years later. Is it a bad game? Absolutely not. It drips with atmosphere and gives lore obsessives enough to feast on, but overall feels too much like a retread of the original Resident Evil, and given that it's released less than 8 months after remake, couldn't help but seem like a cash-in. Number 9. Gears of War Judgment If there's any series that really never needed a prequel game of any kind, it's surely Gears of War. But in 2013, People Can Fly were enlisted to deliver Gears of War Judgment, a prequel which attempted to answer a question nobody was asking, what was Damon Baird's backstory anyway? Though a completely competent third-person shooter, Judgment basically felt like a straight-to-video Gears of War game, lacking the narrative thrust and face-melting intensity of the three prior Gears games. It didn't help that Baird wasn't remotely likable enough to hang protagonist status upon, and the game never really persuades that he was the right choice. Ultimately, Judgment is best remembered for its acclaimed multiplayer mode Overrun, but as an addition to the Gears canon, it's disappointingly piecemeal, and worst of all, lacking in memorably bombastic set pieces. Number 8. Life is Strange Before the Storm Developers Deck 9, who didn't develop the original Life is Strange, were absolutely damned either way when they agreed to helm a prequel to Don't Nod's much-loved episodic drama series. The problem, inevitably, is that players were so swept up in the relationship between Max and Chloe in the first game that they didn't want to put that aside and invest in a prior possible romance between Chloe and Rachel Amber in Before the Storm. Though the game was broadly praised, many complained that the Chloe-Rachel dynamic felt contrived, as so many prequel stories do. Really, many fans would have preferred a sequel, though doing so would have required Don't Nod to commit one of the original game's two possible endings as canon, which also would have risked infuriating much of the fanbase. 
Again, it's a no-win scenario, and though Before the Storm did offer some worthwhile character observations, the original game is such a rich character piece, flaws accepted, that Before the Storm wasn't ever really a project that many were angling for. Number 7. Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric Most entries on this list seem positively vital compared to the largely reviled Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric and its 3DS equivalent, Shattered Crystal which, rather than a prequel to an existing video game, was actually a prequel to the animated TV show of the same name. Released mere days after the TV series began airing, Sonic Boom was positively savaged by critics for its overabundance of glitches, atrocious camera system and controls, and gameplay that lacks the speedy thrills you'd be expecting from one bearing the Sonic namesake. Above all else, it's clear that Rise of Lyric was brushed out as a careless companion piece to the TV show solely concerned with brand reinforcement to the extent that review copies weren't even provided for press, as if they knew it was a dud all along. Still, considering that early impressions were themselves mostly negative, it's little surprise that the game ultimately bombed at retail, ending up one of the lowest-selling titles in the entire Sonic franchise. Number 6. Fallout 76 Though the exciting potential of a multiplayer Fallout game obviously speaks for itself, it's tough to fathom why Bethesda decided to make Fallout 76 a prequel. The game is set in 2102, 25 years after the Earth-annihilating nuclear war, yet roughly 60 years before any prior game in the series. It didn't take long for fans to start poking holes in the game's prequel lore, some of which either directly or tacitly contradicted what was already established. Most notably, this includes retconning the date that Super Mutants were created, and also having the Brotherhood of Steel arrive in Appalachia almost 50 years before they actually exited their bunker. The fact that Bethesda were forced to try and half-ass explanations for some of these issues speaks to the fact that most fans would have simply preferred Fallout 76 to be set around the time of Fallout 4. Why complicate things with prequels which have to carefully navigate the tangled web of lore and, given the series' passionate fanbase, risk pissing people off? However, a more current setting would have done nothing to change the fact that Fallout 76 was ultimately one of the most crushing disappointments of the last generation. Number 5. Batman Arkham Origins After the barnstorming success of Rocksteady's superb sequel, Batman Arkham City, fans were excited to see what the studio would serve up for the inevitable prequel, only to find out that the next game in the series was a prequel, developed not by Rocksteady, but the rather inexperienced WB Games Montreal. Arkham Origins is by no means a bad game, but it is one of the more blatantly cynical prequels in recent memory. Born not through artistic interpretation, but because Warner Brothers wanted to milk the IP for an extra game before the trilogy wrapped up. More to the point, after the Joker's death in Arkham City, this prequel allowed them to give fans an extra go-around against the clown Prince of Crime. Even forgetting the game's atrocious launch, Arkham Origins was largely a been-there-done-that riff on the prior Arkham games, feeling like a copy-paste of Arkham City in too many areas, despite a few inspired boss fights and a relatively compelling story. Perhaps the most damning of all, however, is that WB didn't even bother to include Origins in their Return for Arkham Remaster pack. <laughs> Number 4. The Inpatient The Inpatient remains one of the most disappointing PSVR games to date, not merely a mediocre glorified walking simulator experience, but also a total non-event of a prequel to the terrific horror game Until Dawn. Though on paper a prequel to Until Dawn sounds fantastic, 
This is tangentially related at best. Set within the Blackwood Sanatorium, featured prominently in Until Dawn, but 60 years prior. Beyond the setting and scattered nods to Until Dawn throughout, including a post-credits scene which more explicitly ties the two games together, this is about as half-baked as prequel games get, with most players able to complete it in less than two hours. It's surprising that Supermassive didn't end up titling the game Until Dawn The Inpatient, given how few Until Dawn fans today are even aware that a VR prequel exists. Then again, absolutely nothing is lost by giving it a wide berth. Number 3. Borderlands The Pre-Sequel the playful meta title at least indicates the developers were entirely aware of how redundant this prequel, or rather interquel, given that it's set between the first and second game, actually is. Still, irony alone can't hand wave the fact that Borderlands the pre-sequel just feels like a pallid Earthstats imitation of its two mainline predecessors. This is likely due in part to the fact that development was farmed out to 2K Australia, who prior to tackling this game were largely known as a support studio for other teams' projects. While definitely not without its neat additions to the overall mythos, particularly for the development of the beloved baddie Handsome Jack, the prequel too often feels like perfunctory filler. A stopgap title until Gearbox finally released Borderlands 3 in 2019. Charged at full retail price despite feeling more like a DLC expansion to Borderlands 2 than a full fat game in its own right, it just lacked the verve, wit and energy that made the first two games such singular delights. It was, dare one say, business as usual for a franchise which is mostly anything but usual. Number 2. God of War Ascension Though giving God of War the prequel treatment in the PSP game Chains of Olympus might have been acceptable, fans anxiously awaiting for a console sequel to God of War 3 were left colossally disappointed when, three years after its release, a AAA prequel hit stores, God of War Ascension. As with many games on this list, Ascension is far from a bad game. Most of the core mechanics are intact, the combat is satisfyingly gnarly, and it's a fun enough time, if lacking the polish that defines the mainline efforts. Prior to 2018's reboot sequel, did anyone really care enough about Kratos to want yet further examinations of his troubled past? Between its forgettable story, amusing yet tacked on multiplayer mode, and boss encounters that fell a little short of the series' bombastic best, it felt like the one thing the four main God of War games never once were – unnecessary. Number 1. Silent Hill Origins Originally released on the PSP and later ported to the PS2, Silent Hill Origins takes place a few years before the original game, revolving around troubled trucker Travis Grady, who searches the gloomy titular town for information regarding a girl he rescued from a fire. Though suitably moody and boasting a few neat surprises, Origins too often feels more like an extended homage to the original Silent Hill than a substantial narrative experience in its own right. Travis isn't a particularly compelling protagonist compared to the likes of Harry, James and Heather from the first three games. And numerous characters from the original basically get character transplants here, especially Lisa Garland. For the most part, Origins is a passable greatest hits exercise that, like so many prequels, leans excessively on existing iconography rather than leaping off to tell its own unique story. It's fine, but completely uninspired. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.